Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What's up? Welcome in. We got a good show on tap today. The energy, it's palpable. You could cut it with a knife. Matt Humans is back. It's why I'm so excited for two days. Uh, but we have a lot to get to. It was a wild weekend in basketball, mm-hmm. namely college hoops. I didn't really care about the All-Star game. Uh, but we have a lot to get to and a lot to get to today as well because while it's a thin slate of college hoops, there are some key games. Greg Peterson will be with us in 15 minutes to discuss. But we open up with some Big Ten action from yesterday. Looked like it was going to be a pretty good spot for Michigan. They're fighting tooth and nail. It's a tie game in the second half, and then things start to fall apart. You can't hit, hit uh, wide-open three-point shots, and it ultimately ends, Matt Humans in a victory for Wisconsin over a Michigan team who had a win over Purdue recently. It looked like they may turning things around. Three out of four, they had won. Ultimately not the case, but that wasn't the only thing that fell apart, not just the result, but, of course, Juwan Howard and the coaching staff after the game. As we know, him and Greg Gard shake hands. He tells Greg Gard, I'll remember that bleep. Of course, referring to Greg Gard's timeout late so he could reset the shot clock for his team so they could get across the uh, halfway mark of the court. You could see the uh, footage right there as they're going back and forth. Uh, and Juwan Howard ultimately leads to, which you'll see momentarily, a shot at a Wisconsin assistant, and then a brouhaha follows after that. What'd you make of everything uh, with Michigan, Juwan <laughs> Howard? And the second time, by the way, Juwan Howard has uh, gone after a, an opposing coach. You can't be that surprised because uh, he's got a, a track record of this. Watching the uh, footage right now is Mayhem and Madison yeah. uh, yesterday. And uh, I think Juwan Howard's mostly to blame. He's not the only guy to blame for the whole thing. But uh, if you think he's upset with uh, Greg Gard calling timeouts in the final minute, Juwan Howard was putting on a full-court press. No, 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 no. And trying to force turnovers in the final minute. So why shouldn't the Wisconsin coach call a timeout if uh, he wants to get the ball across half court? Anyway, uh, no, uh, the, Howard stuck his finger in guard's face, and you could hear Andrew Catalan on the CBS broadcast saying, whoa, things are getting ugly here. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, the scene escalated uh, pretty quickly. You never want to see stuff like that happen in college basketball. There's going to be a variety of uh, bad takes on what happened yesterday. And uh, you're going to hear people say, why are teams even shaking hands after the game? Uh, you know, that's something I've, I've said for 25 years. I did, didn't that's just start saying it yesterday. Right. I, I, I really think the – I go back to the 1990s. I said, why, are, why would – after college games, would you want to go shake the opponent's hand? You don't do it in the NBA. you got to show class. Huh? you got to show class. Sportsmanship. Yeah. You know, but, so dumb. You know, it's – I actually, I think with the – the COVID and the pandemic, it, it's uh, made a 
made the handshakes, post-game handshakes, it's a convenient excuse not to do it anymore. Mm, yeah. uh, there's no point in doing it. But that aside, I think Juwan Howard's got to be suspended for the rest of the season. You can't throw, I don't care if you call it a punch or an open-handed slap at an opposing uh, staff member after the game like this. You're supposed to be a respected leader of this team and represent your university, and that's a disgrace what happened yesterday. And uh, you got to be able to um, control your emotions better than that. I, Joe Krabenhoft was the, uh, the guy on the Wisconsin side that Howard threw the uh, open-handed slap at. Mm-hmm. And uh, why, why was Krabenhoft even in there running his mouth? Oh, you know, yeah. He should be suspended, too. Uh, all these guys mm-hmm. from the Wisconsin side who jumped in to help escalate this. There should be mass suspensions on both sides, not just Juwan Howard. Yep, and this is from Jeff Goodman, who covers college hoops, uh, about a possible Juwan Howard uh, suspension. Quote, one uh, conference commissioner who wished to remain anonymous told me if a coach in his league did what Juwan Howard did earlier today and hit an opposing coach, he'd suspend them for the remainder of the regular season and also the conference tournament. So that is one anonymous guy uh, in one league that we do not know which it is. So we'll see what happens with Juwan Howard uh, after the game, which I, uh, which you heard me protest to. One of my favorite quotes I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Uh, did you hear what Juwan Howard had to say after the game? Because a reporter asked him, why were you pressing down by 15 points? Juwan Howard's response, quote, we weren't pressing. We were just in five pressure defense man-to-man. Right. I know. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, he, I agree he, with he, you. Juwan Howard came off as uh, a big-time jerk in the whole thing, and uh, he's, he's got some of that reputation mm-hmm. anyway, for those who don't know. Uh, I think the bigger issue here is what, what happens with uh, Michigan going forward or, you know, in terms of uh, the betting issue. What, go, what happens with uh, the Michigan Wolverines going forward? Because the arrow was really pointing up on this team. I actually bet Wisconsin in this game yesterday. I couldn't understand why the Badgers were only two-and-a-half-point home favorites. I made the number four-and-a-half. Uh, I thought Michigan was getting too much respect with that number. Early in the second half, I thought, well, maybe I'm on the wrong side. Right. Michigan surges ahead 38-33, and then the wheels fall off. And I think, you know, the fact that the game turned into a blowout, it was 77-63 final. Howard's probably frustrated by the whole thing. Uh, his team had been playing much better until uh, that second-half collapse yesterday. Now, is Michigan even a tournament team? Uh, you got to see how they regroup. I would think Musa Diabate, who th- who was also throwing a punch in that scrum, is going to be suspended for a while. He's been a key player, uh, a key big mm-hmm. for Michigan down there with uh, Hunter Dickinson. And if he's off the court, I think Michigan's going to have a hard time finishing the season uh, strong or at least strong enough to, to make the tournament. So right now you, you look at the Big Ten and some of the teams on the bubble, and Michigan's right there uh, on the bubble That after that win over Purdue, and then the win on the road to Iowa. It looked like, hey, the Wolverines are finally turning into the team we thought they were going to be in November, and then this happens, and now it's uh, one step forward, two giant steps back, and uh, I would have to say Michigan's probably, if you make a line today, yes, no, is Michigan going to be a tournament team? The no's got to be the favorite. Yeah, and so and I kind of wanted to use this to take an opportunity to look at both, by the the way, both teams uh, out of Michigan in the Big Ten, because Michigan State as well has not been playing well, but to your point about the Wolverines at least, uh, their next four games at the very least are at home, uh, and they get Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, and Iowa, all projected wins, but most of them coin flips, right? Like, according to Ken Palm, a, a one-point projected win over Illinois at this point right now, three-point projected win over Michigan State, and a one-point projected win over Iowa, but that does not include any suspensions that might take place, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, for the Wolverines going forward. So you're talking about four home games, but four perfectly losable home games, especially if you're talking about key role players not being available for you, as well as Juwan Howard, your head coach. Yeah, if Diabate's out, yep. uh, that, that's, a, that's a big absence for the Wolverines. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be chaos in that program with Juwan Howard suspended. There's a lot of negativity around this team. And I'm not sure how Michigan's going to be able to 
to regroup and uh, make a strong run down the stretch. So I, I would tend to, to bet against this. I think uh, it's probably going to be a bet against team. Now, a lot of times in handicapping, you want to buy on bad news. Maybe in the first game after all this happens that the Wolverines rally, I think in the long run, uh, though, this has got to be a bet against team. Yeah. What do you make of Michigan State as well? Because Saturday was pretty interesting for the Spartans. They lose uh, to Illinois. It's their fourth loss in five uh-huh. games um, now. And, uh, by the way, they have failed to cover five out of six, too, because there was a Maryland win in there that they didn't cover either. And I thought it was pretty interesting. I wanted to throw this at you because if you just take the Ken Palm projections at face value, this is a team that we talk about a majority of games uh, at home for Michigan. Well, Michigan State's got to hit the road for a few of these games, and they are, at least uh, right now by the Ken Palm numbers, they're only going to be favored in one of those, and that's going to be you know, at home March 6th against Maryland. This is going to be a pretty interesting stretch, you know, these last five, six games for Michigan uh-huh. State as we look at it. Right here, the remaining schedule, Iowa, a six-point uh, underdog there, a two-point underdog at home. You go to Michigan again, we'll see what happens with the suspensions of the three-point underdog to Ohio State, who just left Iowa, by the way, at home, and then Maryland back at home. This looks like it could be a pretty bad, get pretty bad for Michigan State as we head to the conference tournament. Yeah, it could be. I mean, the Spartans have had a tough ride here recently. I was trying to make some sense of this graphic. Uh, it's minus on every number. Now, Michigan State would be a favorite over only in that last game, March 6th against Maryland. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, March so, 6th. That should say Michigan State on that last one. Not uh, not Maryland minus 8. What's that? Yeah, Mar- yeah. Uh, Michigan State is a point favorite. So you, the Spartans are six-point dogs at Iowa, two-point home dogs to Purdue, mm-hmm. three-point uh, dogs at Michigan, and five-point dogs at Ohio State. Uh, obviously, with uh, Michigan's situation, Michigan State could end up being a favorite in that game in Ann Arbor. We'll see what happens there. But here's the thing about the Big Ten. You get so many opportunities to pick up quality wins that the Spartans only need to win a couple of these games down the stretch, and they're probably going to be a tournament team. If if they can pull off a win at Iowa, if they can upset Purdue at home this Saturday, um, maybe pull off a win at Ohio State, something like that. I, Izzo, Tom Izzo's team... To me, it's not a serious threat to do anything in the tournament. A lot of the times we get to March, we talk about it's Tom Izzo time. Yep. It's not going to happen with this team. No. Uh, I do think Michigan State's going to be a tournament team. It, it could end up being a, a, a you know a ten seed, something of that sort. But you got a lot of teams in the Big Ten on the bubble right now. They're desperate coming down the stretch. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan State are two of those teams. Indiana's another one. Uh, you know, I think Iowa's probably going to be in. The Hawkeyes just picked up a big win. And uh, Columbus at Ohio State, which uh, sets up an important game for Ohio State against Indiana, which we're going to talk about uh, too. But uh, you definitely got some Big Ten bubble teams, and the Spartans and the Wolverines are two of them. All right. Uh, also, that happened. There was a lot that happened over the weekend. I got to watch UNLV up close and personal as they swept the regular season series from Colorado State. How about that? They and it was a beatdown. Like it, you, you got the sense of the first few minutes. Like, yeah, they should be up by more, and they got up by more. A uh, very good win for the running Rebels over the weekend against uh, the Rams, and uh, they have a shot. The shot here. John Rothstein said this: that UNLV has now swept Colorado State. Good team. Uh, t- time to remind everyone that the Mountain West tournament is going to be played at the Thomas and Mack Center. It's a team that continues to get better. This actually might be the year where playing at the uh, Thomas and Mack benefits them in the Mountain West, considering how much better they've gotten defensively. Well, you know, UNLV's got some athletes, and I think one, sometimes it's about matchups. And um, I thought the Rams would uh, come in and get revenge for that blowout loss at home in Fort Collins. But five minutes into the game, they're like, okay, this is just a bad matchup for yep. Colorado State because UNLV's got athletic guards and wings, and Colorado State cannot defend those guys off the dribble. They looked slow. It uh, looked like Colorado State was a team playing in slow motion. As far as UNLV, last week at Circus Sports, Rebels were 28-1 to to win the Mountain West Tournament. If you can get anything around 20-1 to now, you have to do it. This team has been improving. You know, 
in the preseason, I bet UNLV over eight regular season wins in conference, over eight conference wins. Got to push. And it looked like it wasn't going to get there. <coughs> the Rebels are at eight now, and they got four chances to get over eight uh, here down the stretch. When I did the wins-losses, when I looked at the schedule, I had UNLV swept mm-hmm. by Colorado State, not sweeping Colorado <laughs> State, so it's a couple of bonus wins. Uh, for the Rebels. We'll get back to the Mount West at some point. Uh, VSIN, though, does have a great new offer that can be only described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now to the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now. Deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VSIN.com slash madness to sign up today. Speaking of madness, Greg Hoops Peterson joins us on the other side to discuss the schedule that is today in College Hoops. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. That's my day. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, hey, if you missed out on any part of our show or anything that the VSIN schedule has to offer, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast, all at vsin.com slash podcast. How about Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Hoops Peterson? It looks at every major and minor college basketball game on the upcoming schedule. All free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. The namesake of Coast to Coast Hoops, Greg Hoops Peterson, is with us now to discuss the schedule tonight in college basketball. Greg, always good to talk to you. Let's dive right in and not waste a moment. Indiana on the road. Ohio State is the spot here. Indiana on a four-game losing streak coming into this, but Ohio State drops one at home against Iowa over the weekend. What do you make of this spot here right now on the screen? we got Ohio State 6.5 with a total of 135.5. 
I made this line five and a half personally, so I'm taking a look at the points with Indiana. Keep in mind, first time these two teams wound up playing, it was Indiana who got a win by a count of 67 to 51, looked pretty dominant in that game. I think the big question is, what are you going to be able to get out of this Indiana backcourt? Because we all know that Trace Jackson Davis is very solid for Indiana. One of the best big men in all of college basketball. 18 points, eight boards, two and a half blocks per game. He should be able to match up well with EJ Liddell. You've also got Ray Thompson who's able to help him out. But what we've noticed with Indiana is that they just haven't gotten a lot out of their backcourt. Even someone like a Parker Stewart who shoots 40% from three, only shoots about 60% at the free line with Ohio State. We've seen Malachi Branham really be able to step up for this team ever since the beginning of conference play. And when it comes to Iowa State, certainly has been a solid team on offense, but they've been a team that has lacked on defense. And for Indiana, it's really been the exact opposite. They've been rock solid on defense, just haven't been able to put the ball in the basket. And I do think that in the end, Ohio State going to be able to get the job done at home. But I do think that Trace Jackson Davis and company down low going to be able to keep this Indiana team live. Yeah, Indiana's dropped four in a row. This is a desperate dog in this spot tonight in the Big Ten. And the Hoosiers, like you said, Greg, won the first meeting in a blowout. 67 to 51. I bet Indiana in that game. I'm not going to play Indiana tonight. Uh, this is a tricky spot here. The Buckeyes off a home loss to Iowa, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not an ideal situation to bet against Ohio State. That's number was seven across the board last night. Still seven at the Westgate Superbook, but six and a half at pretty much every other spot. Greg Hoops Peterson. Greg, you look very serious uh, today. <laughs> Usually you're more jovial. Why are you so serious? Uh, we're getting down to it, my okay. man. I mean, we're now four weeks away from Selection Sunday, so I mean, there's no funny business here. We've got to make ourselves <laughs> some money here in college basketball, That's right. my man. How was your trip home to Wisconsin, by the way? Did you run into Juwan Howard? I did not run into Juwan Howard. I ran into some good cheese curds that went into my belly, though, while I'm celebrating a friend's wedding, so that was absolutely tremendous, and Hey, we were on Wisconsin on Sunday, so I was very happy about that. Did did your uh, blushing bride to be? Did she catch the bouquet? Did you get the flowers, Greg? We did not wind up catching the bouquet. Actually, on the bouquet toss, nobody wound up catching it. It wound up hitting the turf. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. All right, let's talk about one of your best bets tonight. Uh, Florida State took a beating uh, over the weekend at Duke, but that was a shorthanded Seminoles team. Greg, how about the situation tonight with uh, Florida State a one point favorite at BC? I think that Florida State, even though they're very shorthanded, are still more talented than this Boston College team. Got a Boston College team that just ranks at the bottom 30 with regards to three-point shooting percentage in all of college basketball. This is not an ACC roster. Earl Grant has actually done a very good job with Boston College, but you just take a look at the guys that they're throwing out there right now. Guys like Quinn Post, James Karnick down low. They're not going to be able to match up with these sides that you're able to have with Florida State. Now, Florida State, you could argue that with regards to injuries with guys like Cam Mills, Willie Osborne and company, they're pretty much missing a starting five in and of themselves right now. But even with that, Florida State having Matthew Cleveland company out there, I think that they should be able to get the job done in a game that I think is going to be a little bit of an eyesore of a game. I've got my total on this game set more around a 134.5. I think that both of these teams are going to have a tough time putting the ball in the basket. But I think that the size and versatility of Florida State can allow them to get the job done in Boston College. All right, let's go to the uh, let's stay in the ACC. Then let's go to the Louisville North Carolina matchup. Uh, Louisville finally shows a little bit of fight. Greg uh, beats Clemson over the week at seventy to sixty one. Now coming back a nine and a half point underdog against North Carolina. Uh, it seems uh, high by my standard. I don't really like North Carolina that much, but Louisville, as we know, has been a nightmare off the court as well as on the court. What do you make of this number here? Yep, North Carolina is not a team that I'm going to be looking to lay this many points with very often, but 
I honestly think that this is a game in which North Carolina should be able to win by double digits. You just don't know what's going on with this Louisville team with the rotations. You finally wound up seeing Malik Williams get some more minutes in the last game, but they've been throwing out there some really funky lineups. They don't have a single guy that's averaging at least 10 points per game. The three-point shooting has been terrible. It's a Louisville team that they're just in all sorts of disarray. They've got no identity. Meanwhile, North Carolina, at the very least, you know that you've got an identity with this team. And while the North Carolina defense stinks, the one thing that the North Carolina defense does is if you wind up missing your first shot, you are not getting a second chance. North Carolina in the top 10 in all of college basketball with regards to defensive rebound rate. Louisville, a team that they just don't put the ball in the basket. They shoot around 31% from three-point range. I think that this is a bad matchup for Louisville. I was willing to lay after 12 here with North Carolina, so you're a nine and a half. I'm in on the Tario. All right, Greg Peterson. He's 264 and 221 ATS on his newsletter. Uh, best bet. You want to get that VSEN daily email. That thing's very valuable. And, uh, Greg, your Coast to Coast Hoops podcast, uh, you cover every game on the college basketball board. It's great information for uh, college hoops betters. Check it out if you don't get a chance. Greg is a uh, rare talent the way he breaks down uh, every game on the board. I want to talk about one of your another one of your best bets tonight. It's in the Big 12. And it's a revenge game for the Baylor Bears. Four and a half point favorites, five in some spots. Uh, the Bears on the road at Oklahoma State. Greg, I was stunned the first time around when the Cowboys locked down the Bears in Waco. What do you think happens in the rematch? I think we're going to see a little bit of reversal. And we've seen it a lot this year where a team winds up dropping game one. You know that they're the better team, and they drop that game at home. And then they go on the road, and they wind up getting their revenge in big fashion. I do think that Baylor's going to be able to do that here. With Oklahoma State, there's just no trusting in this offense. They shoot about 30.5% from three-point range. They shoot below 70% at the free line. You don't have a single guy that gives you more than 12 points per game. And they do actually play very up-tempo. This is an Oklahoma State team that ranks in the top 50 in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game. They just can't put the ball in the basket. Meanwhile, you've got a Baylor team that is dealing with the injury to Jonathan Chamwachachua. But what I like out of this Baylor team is that in recent games, you've seen James Akinjo be able to take care of the ball. And I think that that's going to be really critical for Baylor moving forward. If James Akinjo is not turning it over, he's able to get it to, say, an LJ Cryer is out back in the fold for this Baylor team, a guy that shoots over 40% from three. This team is lethal. And Baylor themselves, though they aren't the same team that they were last year on offense, this is one of the best defensive teams in all of college basketball. I think that Baylor locks down. I was willing to lay up to six and a half with them. So I'm all aboard the Bears. First time around, the Cowboys were 14-point dogs in that game. And Greg's talking about revenge spots, JVT. Didn't work out for Colorado State against UNLV. No. Didn't no, work didn't. out for uh, Texas against Texas. What about Tech? San Francisco and St. Mary's, right? Below that big lead. And then on Thursday, didn't work out there either. No, so. you're, you're right about that. You want to uh, throw the San Francisco game tonight at Greg? Uh, I, okay, yeah, I can do that one because I was going to go somewhere else. But let's go, to, uh, let's go to the West Coast Conference here. San Francisco taking on Pacific, Greg. 13-point uh, favorite with a total of 137. I've been less than enthused watching San Francisco. Their second-half offense has left a lot to be desired. But they have a lot of respect in a lot of markets, including Penn. Ken Palm, who's got him as the 24th best team in the country. But what do you make of this big number on the road against the Tigers? And you talk about revenge spots, as Matt mentioned. Uh, they dropped that one earlier this year. I'm right there with you with San Francisco. It's a team that the metrics absolutely love this team. When I watch them, it feels like they leave a little bit of something to be desired. They're solid at being able to make threes. They're not great. Jabari Boyes, they will give you 19 points. Really a statue stuff for So, I mean, he's been able to do a solid job, but they shoot as a collective sub-70% free flying for Pacific. I just feel like 
they've been a little bit overvalued this year. You're going to notice with regards to against the spread record, Pacific has been a big giant money burner for you all year long. But I do like what you're able to get out of Jeremiah, Jeremiah Bailey. Guy that's able to give you right around 12 points, shoots in the mid 30s from three point range. Pierre Cockrell, the second, is able to give you four assists per contest. It's a Pacific team that they don't necessarily do one thing great, but at the same time, they're not going to get bludgeoned in one area of the game as well. San Francisco should have a little bit of a rebound advantage, but I think that we've went a little bit too far here. Laying double digits with San Francisco on the road is something I want no part of. I want cake in Pacific. A a quick correction. I forgot it was Portland who they lost to San Francisco. This is actually the first matchup with Pacific. Pacific beat BYU at home earlier (laughs) in the year. That's true. BYU's got losses to Utah Valley, Pacific, (laughs) Santa Clara. BYU's got some bad losses. Uh, We'll talk about whether or not BYU's a tournament team when the uh, West Coast Conference tournament gets to town. Greg, how about a big one tonight, New Mexico State and Seattle. This might be under the radar for some, but not to college hoops junkies. With the Aggies, two-and-a-half-point road favorites, total of 143.5. Do you like anything tonight in Seattle? I do like the over in this spot. I want to getting it more around a 141, 141.5. We've seen a rise up. I'm going to take it over as long as you're able to get a 144.5 or lower end. In this spot, I made Seattle a favorite. I think that they're going to be able to get it done. You've got Cam Tyson, a guy that's able to give you 15 and a half points per game. Shoots it well from three. Darion Trammell, 15 points, multiple steals per game. This is one of the most underrated backcourts in all of college basketball. I like Seattle on the money line, and I want it riding with the total personally with Seattle. Top 40 in the nation with regards to possessions per game. All right. I think we're out of time. Yeah, we that's are. All right, Greg. Greg Peterson. Good Shot to talk to you, buddy. Inspired. Yeah, we could talk to you all hour. Have a good one, bud. <laughs> Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. You got it. Hey, I'm serious about that Coast to Coast Hoops podcast. If you get a chance, listen to it. Greg breaks down every game on the board, and he talks as fast as an auctioneer. JBT, he talks faster than you do on that podcast. Uh, I don't talk that fast. Anyway, when we come back, uh, <laughs> we got a lot more to get to. <laughs> I got an NBA question for you well, that uh, I don't think you can answer. Okay, well, we got an NBA story to get to as well, because Chris Paul is done, it looks like, for the rest of the regular season, and that's a pretty big deal. is the edge on VSN the sports betting network All right hit the court for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin challenge Play free in two fantasy hoops contests and battle for a share of 15000 in total cash prizes while the fight for LA rages on during season five of FX's Snowfall. Head to DraftKings.com slash Snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall returns February 23rd on FX. Can't wait. Stream on Hulu. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. JBT. Hmm. Uh, Kingpin, one of my favorite all-time movies. You ever seen it? I don't think that's what they're talking about here, the Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. But you ever seen the movie Kingpin? You big Spider-Man fan? The the bowling movie? Huh? Yes. Yeah, I've seen seen Kingpin. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen it for a while. Yeah, I said I have not seen it for a while, but yes, I have seen Kingpin before. I at least get the reference. I at least get the reference. Um, All right, I got a question for you. Go ahead. It looks like Chris Paul is going to be dumb for the Suns, at least for quite a while, maybe for the season. Are the Suns going to the All-Star break 48-10, and 10, six and a half games clear, the Warriors in the second spot. They've won seven in a row. Why did Chris Paul play two minutes and take a <laughs> shot in the All-Star game yesterday? Uh, because it was for the fans. It's for the people. For the fans in Cleveland who love Chris Paul. Yeah. 
for the thing. You know what? People were watching around the world. Maybe they wanted to see Chris Paul. Okay. Uh, Chris Paul has suffered a right <laughs> thumb avulsion fracture. It will be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. That's the injury update from uh, your guy, Shams Sharania. Uh, I, I can't understand why Chris Paul was even out there on the floor yesterday in Cleveland. Yeah, it was a little weird. Thumb all taped up, and I guess, you know, just ceremonially, kind of like how Draymond hobbled onto the court to, like, start the game for Clay Thompson yeah. and then fouled and fouled and then left mm-hmm. five seconds in. Um, I didn't get – I mean, apparently all the teams knew, so it was safe and fine, but I would agree with you that if uh, there's any risk of making that thing worse, you don't do it. But apparently, worth the risk to get out there in the All-Star game. Okay. It's an ego thing, I guess. It is. Uh, how about the Suns with and without Chris Paul? Can you tell us how much trouble they might be in? Yeah, this is, this is intriguing because this timeline lines up right with the end of the regular season. There's seven weeks left in the regular season, so six to eight weeks puts you right at the cusp of the start of the postseason, at least the playing round. So you can see these numbers you know, with Chris Paul on and off the court. The left column is with him on the court. The right column is with him off of the court. And with them on the court, it wouldn't surprise anybody that they're pretty freaking good. They're outscoring opponents by 11.4 points per 100 possessions. Their offensive rating, one of the best in the NBA with him out there, 117.4. They don't turn the ball over that much. 11.6% of their possessions end in turnovers. And their defense is still really good. And, and their defense is consistent, as you can see there. The, the big difference for the Phoenix Suns is going to be offensively. You can see how much their offense drops off, nearly seven points per 100 possessions. They turn the ball over nearly 4% more of their possessions from 11.6% to 15.5% in terms of their turnover rate. And that's kind of what Chris Paul is, right? If you think about mm-hmm. it, 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 an efficient offense, somewhat slow pace. Don't, don't turn the ball over, though, in any way whatsoever. And so I was thinking about this. Like, So there's a new episode up of Harvard Handicappers today, and we kind of talked about it and expanded on it, which is, if you're talking about, like, the, there's, like, many ways to look at it. Big picture-wise, I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, man, Golden State Warriors to come back and maybe win the one seed. I don't think so. They have six and a half games in terms of the lead. They actually have one of the easier schedules left in the NBA, too, right. in terms of the regular season. So I don't think you would want to hunt for, like, Warriors-specific division futures or, you know, Warriors, you know, one seed. Some spots have, like, seeding props up. You don't want to hunt for that, I think, in any way whatsoever. But I, I think really what you're looking at this on a game-to-game basis One of the things that Chris Paul did really well for this team outside of just leading them, one of the things that the Suns do really well is win in clutch time. How about this? The Suns in clutch time, which is these games within five points and five minutes or fewer left to go. They played in 27 of those games, humans. They are 24-3, and which is the best record. Their net rating in those those situations, plus 41.2, which is first in the NBA. Their offensive rating in those situations, 134.4, which is first in the NBA. And their defensive rating in those situations, 93.1, which is, I'll let you guess, but it's first in the NBA. And Chris Paul himself, I know you love plus minus, so I pulled this for you. He was plus 99 in clutch, in clutch minutes this season. Shot 56% from the floor and a, a positive 5.6 assist to turnover ratio. So for me, it's on a night-to-night basis when you get into some of these games because they have Utah and they have Milwaukee coming up like right Mm -hmm. out of the break. If these games are close and they are tight and they become more half-court oriented, I think that's where the Suns probably start to fail a little bit. And I think that's where you kind of handle it from a gambling standpoint is on a night-to-night basis, if these are some of these tight games, you think in-game situations, it'd be pretty good to start to look at them because the reason why these clutch minutes are so intriguing is because they're such a good half-court team with Chris Paul out there. But they go from one of the best half-court teams in the NBA to one of the worst half-court teams in the NBA without him out there. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at here for the Suns. I think big picture, they're still the one seed. They're still going to win the Pacific. They're still going to be fine. But it's just that these regular season matchups with about 22 left to go, on a night-to-night basis, that's where I think it gets really intriguing. 
Well, Chris Paul's uh, kind of a slow down half court point guard. He's not a fast break point guard. Yeah. Uh, might the run? Might the Suns run a little bit more uh, without him or no? You know, I was thinking about that because, like, think about the guys too that are going to be in control of the offense now going forward. Their point guard position now is Campaign, Alfred Payton, and Aaron Holiday. And actually, with Chris Paul, they're pretty. If you look at just overall pace, they're actually well within the top half of pace, right? If you just look at overall pace this season, but pace is a lot of things. Pace doesn't mean just guys sprint up and down the floor. It just means there's a lot of possessions in your game. Sure, that could also mean your offense is insanely efficient and you're just scoring, and then you know possessions are getting up there. So I would think that maybe changes a little bit, like if they're going to get up and down the floor a little bit more. But they're also not that good in transition without him. Like Chris Paul is really good at everything. And even in terms of transition, when he's out there on the floor, they're a top 10 team in terms of efficiency. They're actually one of the best teams in terms of adding points per 100 possessions with him on the floor through transition offense. Because think about it. Chris Paul gets the ball, outlet pass to the right guy. It leads to a bucket. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think they're going to miss him in almost every area. And so you could try to get up and down the floor a little bit more. But when some of these games are tight, you're not going to be able to get up and down the floor. Then it's going to lead to, all right, now you, what do your half-court offenses look like when campaign is your leading point guard? And you just don't know if that's going to be the case. And two, right. you, you have numbers behind that. Uh, Cameron Payne, when he's point guard this year, the Nets are plus 5.5 in those minutes, but their offense is only scoring 108.1 points per 100 possessions. That's pretty bad. It's just their defense has been, again, really good. Alfred Payton at point guard this year, outscored by 2.2 points every 100 possessions. It's not very good. Their offense is great with him on the floor, but their defense, 118.3 per 100 possessions, not very good. And then you get Aaron Holiday, who just joined the team. So even if I tell you that they're plus two in his minutes, it's a really short sample size. You don't know what that's going to mean. But I thought at the end of the day, this team's probably going to be a little bit more lower scoring. Maybe look for unders to cash a little bit more often as you go forward with them because their offense is not going to be very good, but their defense is still going to be great. Still have JaVale McGee, still have DeAndre Ayton, still have two good wing defenders, Jay Crowder, and, of course, Mikhail Bridges. Like, there's still a lot to work with on that end of the floor. I just figured that this team would probably be a little bit lower scoring if they keep their profile the same. So probably some unders with the Suns and some games they probably shouldn't lose, but ultimately I don't think the sky is falling just yet until and you get the report that – Oh, by the way, he's done for the rest of the Well, season. I was going to say, if, he, if he's not coming back for the playoffs, the sky is falling on the Suns. Right. And <clears throat> you know what's key about this is in six to eight weeks, he's getting reevaluated. He is not coming back. Right. He's getting reevaluated. And I use this example a couple of times now. Zion Williamson was supposed to be reevaluated after two weeks of the re- into the regular eight, eight season. Eight weeks is basically the start of the playoffs. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. And so and you, have, you have that little cushion now because the play-in games have to be played after, this, you know, after the, the regular season ends. So it gives you a little bit of time. And even then, like the play-in situation in the, the Western Conference, there's a chance you're getting the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Lakers. Like Those are the teams you would think are going to be in contention for the eighth seed. You throw the Timberwolves in there too because they're the seventh seed, but they'd be favored in their first matchup and you'd assume they win that it's more likely that they win that um but anyway regardless it seems like it's going to be a favorable matchup like if somehow like the pelicans win the eighth seed mm-hmm. right and get the suns in the first round even if he misses like the first round you're in a pretty good position i think the sun's going to be in a tough spot and right now you have to make the warriors the favorites in the west because of this that's what i think you think so even if he even if it comes back right at the start of the postseason it doesn't look like he's going to be back at the start of the postseason. You just said be, he's going to be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. Right, but if he gets reevaluated, he's going to be ready to play at that point. If he gets reevaluated in six and he's ready to go, well, even with uh, even with Chris Paul out there, you got to think. I think it's kind of a toss-up situation. I know you believe the Suns are by far the best team mm-hmm. in the West. Yeah, that's. I, I don't think there, yeah. I don't think they're that much ahead of the Warriors. Uh, but with, if Chris Paul's not 100%, I think you got to make the Warriors a favorite. Bet MGM right now has got the Warriors plus 175 and the Suns plus 190. 
and then uh, nobody else even close right. to that, essentially, in the West to win the Western Conference. Uh, I don't know. I think this could be really bad news. Not only this, Chris Paul is going to be sitting out for essentially two months. Right. So when he comes back, is he going to be come back ready to roll right away? I don't know. And and I, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to be ready for the first round of the playoffs. If I had to guess right now, I'd say – you got to hope he can come back for the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, and, and even then, too, like, so to your point, if you're looking around for value, I mean, one of the things that's hanging over the Western Conference that has not really been mentioned a lot because it's you know there's no real update, what if Jamal Murray comes back in two weeks? Like the Nuggets could be one of the best teams in the Western Conference just sitting like a sleeping giant waiting for one of their you know their best backcourt player to show back up. Sure. And then all of a sudden you're talking about the Nuggets who emerge, and that could be a second-round matchup for Phoenix. And like you said, worst-case scenario – Chris Paul comes back at the start of the second round against a Denver team looking for revenge because they got swept against Phoenix last year in the postseason and they're at full strength. Could be pretty bad. So I, I will I'll freak out when it starts to get a little bit closer and maybe he's not going to come back. I didn't think for right now, though, seems like they would be okay the big picture, but you understand the adjustment there. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We have our best bets to get to. Uh, we'll recap the weekend that was. We still have a couple of college games that are worth touching on as well. So don't go anywhere. It's the Edge here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
All right, best bets up next. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can find the satisfaction level that's right for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. I don't think we've really got best bets uh, for tonight. We have recap for the Mm -hmm. weekend just of uh, what we put up on Friday's show, and uh, we'll start off with a loser. You and I both yep. had Texas against Texas Tech, and uh, the Ken Palm projection on this game was Texas minus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ken Pomeroy website, it actually opened Texas three, and uh, the Longhorns took some money. It got as high as four, yeah. and I, I know Paul Stone, who told me the first time around these teams played, Texas Tech was his biggest bet of the season. He took Tech plus four in this game at Austin. It was tied at the half. And the Red Raiders took control in the second half. Man. And uh, to quote Paul Stone, the Texas offense is um, a disorganized mess. And that's what it looked like. Chris Beard has not been able to uh, find the right formula with this team. He's got a bunch of transfers. It's a, a motley crew of new guys. And it does not look pretty on the offensive end of the floor. And Texas Tech's defense just clamped down and made Texas look bad. Yeah, and I got to say this too, and I mentioned this. So I filled in yesterday morning on Point Spread Sunday, and it's one of the things I open up with, which is every time I watch Texas Tech, I, and I think it's be anybody who watches college basketball, you have to come away more impressed. Like defensively, they're really impressive. They have a couple of guys who can score on their own, like Shannon, if he needs to. Uh, it was their bench, by the way, that came up big in the second half for them in this game too. Like, and I've got a ticket on them at forty to one to win the NCAA tournament. Every time I watch them, man, I feel like they're better than I really give them credit for. And now they're thirteen and two against the spread in the last fifteen games, mm-hmm. and the market won't even catch up with how good they've been. So, to me, that was the takeaway when you talked about that game. Texas Tech. Every time you watch them, they just they look better every single time, and they answer the challenge every time too. I wouldn't say every time. Almost every time. Because look. I bet against them in one of those losses, and that was at Oklahoma. You remember that? Yeah, and that was a slip-up yeah. spot. But, like, you take like last week, they have Baylor, right? And granted, it's a shorthanded Baylor team, but they take care of business against Baylor. This Texas game, the double overtime loss to Kansas, right, on the road, in which they yeah. were, what, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. and they were Probably should have won the game. Probably should have won the game. So, yeah, every time is strong, but when you've covered 13 out of 15 games and defensively you're going head-to-head with some of your best opponents on the schedule, yeah, it's pretty impressive for me. Yeah, I also got to wonder a little bit here if uh, the rest of the Big 12 is falling apart a little bit while Texas Tech gets stronger. Yeah. Because we've seen Baylor suffer some key injuries. The Bears are not what they were. And uh, you, you can't evaluate Baylor today and uh, give Baylor anywhere near the same rating you did maybe a month or two months ago. No. Uh, also, Texas, is this, it's not, this is not going to come together for this Chris Beard team. It's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive uh, end of the floor, is, it's not going to work for the Longhorns. And uh, Kansas, I, I still think Kansas is playing way below my expectation in the preseason. Jayhawks got a win on the road at West Virginia over the weekend, but West Virginia is nothing special. And um, you look at some of the other teams in the league, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, uh, those teams are not as good as I thought they were going to be. And uh, even Iowa State, which has won a couple games recently, I think is still 5-9 and nine in conference play. Mm-hmm. 
So Texas Tech looks to me like the only team that's gotten better in the past two months. Yep. Is there another team in the Big 12? Kansas State's actually a scrappy underdog type of team that can surprise you with a performance here or there. But uh, Tech is really the only team I think I've upgraded in the Big 12 in the past two months. No, I'd agree with that. And that's why I wanted to bring this up and get your thoughts too because, you know, we were talking about like Baylor uh, today who are in action – and you mentioned the injuries. It's JTT, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, uh, who's one, their best offensive rebounder, right? Mm-hmm. LJ Cryer came back in the Texas Tech game, but he didn't play over the weekend. So he's got injuries he's dealing right. with. Flagler's questionable to play today. Cryer's their the best three-point shooter. Yep. Yeah. And, and, then you, and then we talk about Flagler being questionable today, too. So it's not that Baylor's any bad, like bad. It's just that injuries are now starting to mount for them, and they're not looking like the same. Again, some of the better opponents. Like over the weekend, it's fine to take care of business against Texas uh, TCU, I mean. But I think, what, they close the 11 and a half, if I remember correctly. So I don't think they covered that game. I saw weekend. something ridiculous yesterday. Huh. Glad you reminded me of this. Since TCU joined the Big 12, uh, no, actually, that was, you know what? That was a women's basketball. Ah, oh, dang. I was getting excited. You, you got know, me excited. I talked to Doug Kazarian, uh, David Bierman, and Mackenzie Kramer at ESPN. I said, can you fix this on the bottom line? <laughs> On the bottom line, when you get the men's scores and the women's scores and you get things confused, right? You mm-hmm. look up and you say, wow, uh, <laughs> I can't believe that uh, Florida is down uh, 25 in that game. Oh, wait a minute. That's a women's score. Yeah. I said, okay, can you put the women's scores in pink? Maybe just to uh, <laughs> honor breast cancer awareness or something like that for a good cause. Put the phone number up there. People want to donate. But put the women's scores in pink to dis- distinguish one from the other. Because yeah. a lot of times in these conferences, uh, teams are playing the same opponent, men's and women's side, on the same day. And you look at the bottom line to get these scores confused. And last night I saw this uh, fact on Baylor TCU, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. There you go. Oh, wait a minute. That's women's basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Does that ever bother you with the bottom line? Do you it, get that confused? I, I, I do get confused. I do get confused, and then and then I have to look, and then I'll realize, oh, it's in the third quarter. Okay, and then like, <laughs> then I kind of get. But there are times where I'm like, you know, I'll look at it, like, wow, they're getting their ass kicked. Then it's like, oh wait, no, <laughs> that's a women's score. So I say, put the women's scores in pink or light blue Ooh. or do something. I don't care. Really quickly, I, actually, I think it'd be for a good cause for breast cancer awareness. Put them in pink. But I've, I've said this for five years, and nobody's doing it. So whatever. Uh, I wanted to ask you really uh-huh. quickly because we go back over the weekend that wasn't college hoops um and th- this is because this is something that sticks out now uh auburn goes on the road loses to florida auburn has been bad in true road spots and oh, th- th- this has been a really lost to missouri yep. nearly lost to georgia uh did lose to florida over the weekend so my question my question would be is now that we're getting to the part of the schedule where it's all neutral site contests like how worried should you be about the road struggles for auburn i get it they're not true road spots and the environments are different right but essentially playing away from home has not treated auburn well this year no, there's not too many teams you can say um, that look really good or, or played. How many teams actually played better basketball away from home? None, yeah. right? Especially nobody, in college basketball. Nobody does. College basketball is the ultimate home court or home advantage mm. uh, sport. So it's not unique to Auburn to have uh, struggles on the road. You can find that with a lot of elite teams. Uh, the one thing about Gonzaga, you really don't have to face any tough opponents on true road games. So the Zags haven't had to deal with the Zags actually got ran off the court by Alabama in a neutral court game mm-hmm. and beat by Duke in Vegas, yep. but they don't really uh, play any tough true road games. And uh, that's one thing that I think we haven't seen the Zags tested in that type of atmosphere yet. Some of these West coast conference teams, I just don't think are that good this season. I do want to mention this. Yeah. Talking about a team that 
uh, hasn't looked that good on the road. How about UCLA? And a couple weeks ago, the Bruins knocked off in a double overtime game at Arizona State. We just saw Arizona mm-hmm. State blow out Oregon and Tempe over the weekend. So some of these teams in the Pac-12 have stumbled on the road. Is this a revenge spot tonight where you can count on the Bruins to blow out the Sun Devils, or is this Arizona State team seriously improving? And this is nothing phony here. UCLA, I think, opened in some spots as high as 15 and a half. It's down to 13 and a half right now, total of 130 and a half. And this should be a payback game for the Bruins, but I don't want to lay these points. Is Juzang playing? Uh, for those who didn't know, over the weekend, Johnny Juzang did not play right. uh, because he fell off a scooter and was injured. So they got the win over Washington comfortably, I don't but think, Johnny Juzang was not available. I don't think he's playing tonight, but I haven't seen that confirmed yet. Yeah, I would say that, like, I do tend to think, like, with teams, like, especially in college basketball, when you show improvement, the improvement does tend to stick. And you mentioned it with Arizona State, uh, they have won four out of six games and they've looked pretty good. One of those was the UCLA contest. Oh, look at, look at the win over Oregon. What was that, right. a 24-point win? 81-57. Beat yeah. the crap out of them. And they beat the crap out of Oregon State, too, by 20. So I, I think they're starting to get a little better. I think the market's kind of got this. And we've seen, look, over the weekend, Arizona was a double-digit favorite and had to come back and hold on against Oregon. I so. tell you, actually, Saturday night, I ended up liking the Ducks in that spot. I thought after they a got lot. embarrassed at Arizona State, getting double-digit points in Tucson, that that was going to be a spot to bet them. And uh, it did pay off. Uh, to bet Arizona. A lot of times you want to bet uh, a good team or a really well-coached team off an embarrassing loss. Yeah. And uh, that that ended up being a pretty good spot for the Ducks. Really quickly, I know you wanted to mention this. We didn't, uh, but New Mexico, they use everything they can to Ooh. beat Wyoming, and then now back-to-back losses for the Lobos, and one of them to San Jose State. On yeah, Sunday. I'm really disappointed in myself because I, I said for a week or two that San Jose is going to win a Mountain West game. Yeah. And I could just see that team continue to play hard. They almost pulled off an upset in Reno. I bet San Jose against Nevada in the in the return game in San Jose, and the Spartans got blown off out the, off the floor. Yesterday, I did not bet San Jose. What happens? San Jose in a blowout win over New Mexico to get his first Mountain West win, seventy-one to fifty-five yep. over the Lobos. Hey, hey watch out too. Uh, I, there is a, it's only three wins: Utah State and two against San Jose State. But uh, Grant Sherfield's back in the lineup for Nevada, and they're starting to look a little bit better. So uh, we're getting onto that time where if these teams start to find some traction going into conference tournament, should play. note quickly too. I said U, uh, UNLV was twenty-eight to one odds at Circuit to win the Mountain West yep. tournament last week. Now twelve to one odds. Man. A lot well, changes in a week. We'll see you tomorrow. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 